Welcome to Realoran International Ministries Incorporated with Anne Elizabeth, where real people meet a real God. Welcome to Realoran. I'm so glad that you have joined me once again for our look and our lesson at the devil and evil spirits. I know that you are learning and developing what you need to have in order to make it, which is intelligence. You know, knowledge is power. Knowledge is safety. And I want you safe, and so does God. We know that God wants all people to maintain spiritual intelligence, and that is uh, kept by daily reading the Word of God, the communication with uh, earth called the Bible that God uses. God also speaks to us and downloads into our spirit uh, through um, him. He just does. How, how can I explain this? When I was in heaven, example, and I, I landed in this big auditorium full of people, it was majestic, uh, wealthy. There's no words for this place. Uh, but heaven is way above anything that you've ever seen on the earth. No matter how wealthy you might be, uh, it's just pennies compared to what's uh, waiting for you in heaven. But uh, God, uh, when he looked at me, he was speaking to me, but his mouth didn't move. And, uh, you know, he just transmits a thought and you you receive it. He's God. And that's how he communicates. Um so God has has given us the Bible to to know him and he communicates to us through the word and he transmits and downloads things into our spirit. And so we want to to maintain spiritual intelligence and knowledge as we uh, read our word and we fellowship and we communicate with God. God says, hey, uh, let's come and, and reason with me, you know. And uh, he, he is noted as the counselor. He's your father. He's your creator. There's nothing that you can't talk to God about. I mean, nothing. You can talk to God about your, your uh, financial status, your sex life, your marriage, your desires, your career, his plans. I mean, you can ask him anything and he, he guides you and he leads you. You know, he, he's a father. He is a very, very good father. And uh, it is our duty as the human race to purposefully, uh, when we read the word of God, to obey what he says. And uh, that is found in Ecclesiastics twelve thirteen. I like the way this reads. It, Solomon is speaking. Solomon. King Solomon uh, saw the Lord, but he didn't really keep the path of the Lord. It got really messy. But towards his end, after he was able to fill himself full of everything he thought he wanted, you know, he came back to his right mind. At least it sounds that way, doesn't it? If you read the book of Ecclesiastes, it says, let us hear the conclusion, the end of the whole matter, right? He said, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. You know, it's like, what's the bottom line? What's the bottom line? Well, the Bible tells us that John 17, 3, it says, to know God and to know his son, Jesus Christ, is eternal life. Well, how do I know them? Pick up the book, pick up his word, and begin to read it. King James Version, non-GMO, organic. 
you know, there's help available too. And when you, when you pick up the word of God and you begin to read it, God will help you and he'll give you understanding. He's God. I mean, have you really taken a look at what he has made? Um, it's amazing. Just the animal creatures alone and how they're colored. Just, just the way that he's decorated the earth with all of his colors and rocks and beaches and people and languages. And I mean, he's, he's, his entity is enormous, but he's so kind. He's, he's all love and he's kind and he operates in his word. He doesn't operate outside of his word. And so he's consistent. You know, I don't know about you, but I like people that don't change. I like consistent people. And he is eternally consistent with his word. I love that about God. I never, I never have to wonder what he's, what is he up to? What is he going to do? You know, there's some moments in faith you kind of wonder what's going on. He's just stretching you and growing you. You know, if you went to grow in a gym, you know, you go from a five pound a dumbbell to a 10, right? If you're a guy, you're like, Hey, I'm up to, I'm up to a 50 pound dumbbell. And I say, okay. Well, you're a guy, right? We're women. Some women can really lift it, though, I've noticed, but whatever. But the thing is, is we do go for, you know, we, in order to grow more our muscles, we have to have a heavier weight, right? We can't pick up our toothbrush every day and think we're going to have this great looking bicep. And so God grows us by stretching our faith. And he says, you know, through times we don't have uncertainty, we say, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because this is, I need this or I need that. How are you going to do this? What are you going to do? He says, just trust me. And he'll say, what does my word say? You know, because he likes to take you back to truth. And he'll give you pop quizzes now and then. And sometimes his pop quizzes are can be frightening, but you just hold on to truth. And you let him walk you through it because it's something he wants to take you through. He wants you to go from... Uh, from earth to wood to silver to gold. That's who he is. He makes vessels and we are his masterpieces. So, and God has not left us here alone on the earth. You know, I love that about God. He's with us. It says, uh, James 4, 3, it says, draw nigh to God, draw near to God. And he will draw nigh or he will draw near to you. It's like, well, it seems like he's so far away. Well, just start talking to him. Dear God, how are you today? Yeah, you know, and just start talking to him and open up your Bible, get your notebook and, you know, share your heart with me, Lord. And, you know, just talk to him about his heart and his mission to bring all people into him through his son's sacrifice so he can have you forever and keep you safe and bless your life on earth and into glory. It's really his heartbeat. He's a good, good God. And, you know, something else is that we're never alone. When you've given your heart to the Lord, he will come and live with you on the earth. Uh, you won't always see him unless he wants you to see him. He's something to look at, too. But I noticed about God when he's in full view, you're, 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 you stand back to check him out because he's very astute. He's very perfect. He stands, you know, and he has a very broad broad shoulders and he looks like he works out he has a high waist the father does and he's meticulous you know but <laughs> in jesus it is the son and then the holy ghost you know sometimes if you're seeing them uh, you know in clear view all the time you might look down at yourself and feel like a little little rag you know seriously 
but um, you know they made us out of dirt and and um, one day when we go to heaven we exchange this body for a body like his you know a glorified body and we'll be running around in that in heaven but uh, for now this is where it is right John 14, 23, he says, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, that means is affectionate and obeys him. It has two parts for with Jesus, love, obedience and affection. He will keep my words and my father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. So we're never alone. You know, we always live with God and it's very, very nice to know that God is always with you. And you don't feel alone, you know. I've spent many years alone working and building with the Lord, but I'm never alone because He's the one helping me do I do my work, as He's probably with you helping you do your work, you know. And so it's just nice to have God with us. You know, God lives uh, within those who have made the exchange from Satan to Himself through His Son. God Himself. Uh, lives within us, and that's found in Second Corinthians six sixteen uh, through eighteen. He said, uh, "If you come out from among the demons and be separate and obey me, I will live in you and be amongst you, and you will be my people. You will be my people, and I will be your God." It's a perfect trade, you know, from ab- absolutely hell, literally hellish life, full of torment and every bad thing to every good thing with God. There is no con in God, you know, pros and cons. And so Jesus Christ will live within the Christian, giving him power to resist the devil. So you don't need to worry about the devil. You just need to know Christ and obey Christ. And when you hear the voice of the enemy, to be able to resist that. But the thing about me, example, I was not knowledgeable in the in the full message of the Bible. And so when I would hear a temptation, I didn't really know it was of the devil until I had the knowledge of the word. And so I didn't resist the devil. I just walked that way. Do you see? And so into my own destruction. And God doesn't want us destroyed. He wants us to have intelligence because when we have intelligence, the word of God in us, we have knowledge and power to resist the one that wants to destroy us. And we walk with the one that wants us to have life and life more abundantly, John 10, 10. So it's all good with Jesus. And we also know that the Holy Spirit, he's a powerhouse. He's the third God of the Trinity, right? Father God, Jesus, the Son of God, Holy Ghost, the third person or God in the Trinity. And he's He's all power. He's magnificent. He, he always lifts up the Lord. You know, and he always points to the Lord, but we do need to learn about him as well because he, he undergirds us. He supports us. He's in us. He, he makes us. He, he, he's, he is a gift. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. He himself is a gift, but he has all these giftings, you know. But John 16, 13 says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, okay, is come, he will guide you unto all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. You know, he will, he will tell you the future. 
and it's really neat, you know, you don't need to go to the psychics. That's the devil's counterfeit for what God wants to do. God wants to take your life and guide your life and help your life. He wants to be your personal trainer, your mentor, your father, your shepherd. You know, you're all in all. And uh, he'll tell you the future when you need to know it, right? Sometimes the Lord says, just walk this way. And you're saying, well, can you tell me what's going to happen? And he says, you'll know the future in the future. He likes to, to give us surprises too. And sometimes he doesn't tell us about the journeys we're going to take because we would run away from him and say, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. It'll take too long or it's too hard or whatever the case, right? You know, if, if I wanted to be an Olympian, I would have to train. And training sometimes is painful. It's a, it's a life of discipline. It's a life of consistency. But one day, if I stuck on that road, I would be an Olympian. I think of an Olympian when I think of King David, you know. Here he was on the backside of, of his family's um, property, taking care of the sheep. But he loved those sheep, and he talked to God, and God talked to him, and, you know, they had a relationship. And then when he saw his country, the Israelites, uh, being ambushed by the Philistines and the one big guy named Goliath that came to trample everybody, uh, David ran out there and said, hold on, hold on. I will protect my country. I will stand up and protect my country. And it won't be me, but it'll be the God in me. It'll be the God in me that it will take you down. And, and little David stood up with that rock and he knocked this guy to the ground and the Israelites won. But it was just took a heart of gold and a big, big God. And the two together saved the nation. What can you do with God? You might be surprised. But the Holy Spirit gives us power and he shows us the future when he wants to tell us, you know. Sometimes if you ask, he will, he will share and other times it's like, you're going to have to wait, you know. Uh, and so we just say, okay, you know, we let, we let the Lord be the Lord. And the Lord means master and ruler and boss. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, Jesus, it doesn't just want to save you. Now Jesus has to be uh, the boss over you and rule your life because he alone is God and knows all things. Does he not? He knows, uh, he knows about his glaciers. He knows where the Indian Ocean is right, right now. He knows about his animal species and all of his 6,500 languages he's created. He knows how to spin the earth and keep the galaxy going, right? We don't, do we? We're, we do well just to get our day planner stuff done. But we really need to look at God through the eyes of intelligence, through the eyes of the Word of God, and do your due diligence and study the Word of God to know Him for yourself and how to operate in life. We know that God gives us his angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways and to keep us protected on the road of life with the Son of God. Psalm 91, 1 through 16. Beautiful angels. The angels went the right way. They submitted to God and they resisted. They resisted Lucifer and his invitation. The devil's invitation came to the angels. Come with me and we'll usurp God and we'll take his throne. And we'll scrush him to the floor. See, many people run uh, through life like that. Let's, 
come with me and we can take God's word and shove it down and put up all our sin as the leader. It's like I would warn you not to do that, you know, because God's mercy goes on for so long. But the more people he sees being destroyed as a result is not good because there's going to come a day that God's going to, you know, that's it. And individual lives. And so we need to be cautious because our life will bring the judgment of reward or the judgment of correction. And many have been destroyed suddenly and that without remedy. And we do need to keep the fear of God. So, and realize that uh, we need to resist the devil as the angels did. You know, two thirds of the angels said, no, we're staying with God. We need to be as wise as they are. And they surround and protect us and lead us on this way. So it's amazing. And we are in a real war. I saw the, the, the host of heaven and I've seen the host of hell. And it's a real war and the war begins in the mind of the Christian in the heart. The heart is the seat of passion and purpose and desires. What you pant after. What you, what is your drive? What is your motive? What is your goal? What is your focus? What is your knowledge? And the devil wants to keep you away from the knowledge of everything and keep your mind little and you living in a glass house and doing things your way until your glass breaks and you end up sliding and splitting hell wide open. Do you see? So God wants us to come into intelligence, which is to know him and know about the different dimensions of life, the visible realm and how to operate and the invisible realm around us all the time. We know that there is a war. Uh, When you come into Christ, the devil will want to take you away from God. He does it every single time. But that's if if you haven't come out of the devil, you'll be destroyed by the devil. If you come into Christ, you're in a war, right? But Christ is operating over you, keeping things away from you, and keeping you okay. He's a good God. He doesn't leave us for a minute. Revelation 12, 17 tells us, And the dragon was wroth, was angry with a woman, with a Christian, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and Jesus Christ. So, and they keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And so the devil tries to come against that Christian and take him down, but he can't take you anywhere because Christ holds on to you. You hold on to Christ and Christ holds on to you. We can see that through Apostle Paul's life. No matter what the man went through, he was beaten and shipwrecked and bitten by snakes. And, you know, and he even went his last sermon and then, okay, here comes the guards. And they took him in to get his head chopped off. And there was Peter that loved him dearly, you know. Christ called him to work for him for the lives of the human race and to forsake his fishing business. He did. And he loved Jesus. And they hung him upside down on a cross. But he didn't, he didn't stop loving Christ. And now he's in glory sitting, sitting on a throne. The 12 apostles and elders, there's 24 chairs around the throne and they worship God and they they uh, rule, you know, and they serve heaven. It's a beautiful situation, you know. They're the ones that really loved the Lord. You know, when you really love God, 
and you understand life, you'll be caring for other people's lives too. It's amazing. So we as Christians are to wear the armor of God on all the time. Ephesians 6, 11 through 18 tells us about the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, to keep our minds in where they need to be because these thoughts come from the evil kingdom, to keep our sword of the spirit, it is rich, and that's the word. You know, that's the thing the devil can't stand is the truth. Because when he came into Eve, he said, did God really say? And that's how he took Eve's life. By doubting and, and her lack of knowledge, she didn't keep her due diligence. Or like you, maybe you've never done your due diligence and research on the Bible. You've been too busy running your 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 different corporations. But what will it gain and profit you to to gain the whole world? But you still left like everybody else, and you lost your soul. The devil won your soul. You see, not a good not a good thing. So in, in the, the armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness, we're to do what's right in Christ. He's given us his righteousness and we are to try to, we are to keep righteousness. And when we mess up, Father, forgive me, washes us and we keep trucking. And the shield of faith, when he tells us one thing and lies to us, we hold up. We believe in God and God is who he says he is. He's not a man that he should lie. And we stay grounded and moving in the word. And our loins girt about with the truth. Your word is truth. Your word is truth, God. And every other word that comes against your word is a lie. And our feet are ready uh, to, to go and to bring the gospel of peace to people. Because there's no peace for people that are underneath the devil. You could even be a Christian in church, you know, and you're living in sin. And you don't have peace like everybody else when they lift their hands and they're singing amazing grace and, you know, they're, they're so happy and just they're peaceful people. You're tormented. And the reason is, is because the tormentor has come in and has a place in you. If you want to get rid of your mental torment, say, Father, forgive me for this sin that you've always told me to get rid of, but I ignored you. And today I'm not going to ignore you anymore and just get rid of the sin. Get a trash bag, put it in, take it out, haul it out, and let God take the demons with him. The Christian is to know and to realize that God is on our side. God is not against you. God is for your soul. God can come against you if you continue in sin, and he'll come against you to wake you up, to get you to go in the right direction. And if he can't get you to go in the right direction, and if he has to come against you because you're hurting his nations, he will take you out. You know, God is somebody you don't want to mess with because he is ferocious over the souls and the lives that he loves. And if you are polluting and corrupting them and harming them, and he can't get you to bend your knee, he'll take you out. How do you know? I've done my due diligence. I've done my research. I have studied the word of God for years. Psalm 34, 15 says, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open into, into their cry, so we know that God is on our side. Whenever you feel alone and that you can't make it, you just cry out to God, God, help me. He reaches down for the humble. The pride say, I don't need your help. I have degrees on my walls. I have five cars in my driveway. I have mansions all over, international mansions and palaces, and I'm served by many, many employees. You're full of pride. 
and you will die like every person. And you, you don't want to continue in that direction. And we know that the Lord will will lead the willing and the obedient into victory every time. So whatever comes against you, the devil has brought into your life. When you stay with God, no matter how long it takes, God will bring victory. That is found in 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now thanks be unto who? Unto God, which always causes us to triumph, to win in Christ, and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. He's always bringing himself in front of you. Why? So that he can bless your life and it's not cursed and thrown away and ruined by the destroyer. We know that Satan is a seducer, Genesis 3.1, when he came to, to Adam and when he came to Eve. And he says, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, the devil said to the woman, Yea, has God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? See, he comes to you too, but if you don't do your due diligence, if you don't do your research, if you don't find your soul worthy of spiritual intelligence by reading the word of God and knowing life, he will seduce you too. And whoever he gets in his teeth, he destroys. Satan will also tempt you as he tempted Christ. Matthew 4, 1 through 11, he took Jesus and he tempted him on different occasions. And Jesus always resisted, obeyed God and resisted him on every turn. Jesus was tempted. We will be tempted too. And we just obey God and resist the devil. James 4, 7. I just want to run through some traits of Satan with you. Um... Number one trait, he's cursed. That's found in Isaiah 1.20. He's judged, Revelation 20.10. He's angry, Revelation 12.17. He's an actor, a hypocrite, 2 Corinthians 11.14. He's a deceiver, 12.9. He's a destroyer, John 10.10. He's a blinder, 2 Corinthians 4.3-4. through 4. He's a twister of truth for our destruction, Genesis 3.1. He's a liar, John 8.44. He's afraid of God, James 2.19. He makes sin pleasurable for a season, Hebrews 11.24 through 26. He's an accuser of the brethren, Revelation 12.10. He's a divider, 1 John 2.16 through 17. He's a gospel adversary, a gospel enemy. 1 Thessalonians 2, 17 through 18 and Zechariah 3, 1 through 5. Nehemiah 4, 1 through 23. Ezra 4, 1 through 5. He is a murderer, John 8, 44. He's a tempter, Genesis 3, 1. Matthew 4, 1 through 11. He likes to live within the human body. Matthew 4, 23 through 24. Matthew 12, 22. Matthew 17, 14 through 18. And Mark 5, 1 through 20. Acts 16, 16 through 18. Don't let him live in yours. Good night. 
Aileron International Ministries Incorporated appreciates all of its faithful covenant partners and wishes each and every one of you a beautiful life with Jesus. Please visit Rialoron today at www.rialoron.org.